You have to beat the Tigers. End of story. You have to beat the Tigers. We're going to get into just how bad the Tigers are offensively. We're going to get into my gripe of the game. We're going to get into the game as much as we don't want to. We're going to do some standings. Watch as well on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, now all of Locked On. Let's just start with the gripe. Why are you bunting? Austin Hedges has not been bad in the second half. He's not been good, but he's not been bad. Miles Straw has been bad all year. He is literally one of the five worst hitters in baseball this year. And I say this as the biggest Miles Straw defender, maybe on the entire planet. You have an effective hitter give away an out. So one of the least effective hitters in baseball can do exactly what he did and strike out. It's, it's bad management. It's a bad call. It is... The bunting obsession is just wrong. It's Again, they have so much data. <laughs> it's like one of the most analytically inclined front offices. They know... But you got Tito who continues to think that bunting is like the newest technological advantage we've seen in baseball history. It is a bad call. Specifically in that situation, it is a horrendous call because you take the bat, you give them a free out. You have a runner in scoring position, nobody out. Bunting them to third actually lowers your odds of getting that run across. Giving up that out, an out is more valuable than 90 feet. All the data shows this. (laughs) Giving up that out in that situation and specifically that situation where you've got a guy coming up next who couldn't out hit a pitcher this year and again i am the mile straw supporter like i think eventually he's gonna be you know he might break out he might get better but you know and the data shows he's better and he he's performed this year but right now he is not good at all on any level so when you give when you get that runner on second you know you know down by one a runner who runs really well. The bunt to one of the worst hitters in baseball. Essentially, you're you're bunting to set up a pitcher in terms of how productive he has been this year. I mean, we could have all predicted it from there. The minute I saw that bunt, I'm like, okay, this game is over. And it was. And now they've dropped two in a row to the Tigers. And if this team does not make the postseason, we're going to go back and talk about that July series where it certainly had a lot of questionable calls. They chose to not pinch hit at certain moments and what was going on there. And then we'll talk about this series where they have, again, one cannot state enough. The Tigers are historically awful offensively, and they made them look like stars this week. It's unbelievable. And then, like I said, just bad choice. Bunting is just about always the wrong choice. I mean, you can go through all the simulations, all the just you don't even need simulations, just game data that you can take apart those games and see how often it turns into a positive outcome. And you and you know that data has been crunched, and more often it is a more negative result to give up an out. An out is worth so much more than ninety feet, and especially when you're giving up an out with a hitter who's been decent for a hitter who has scuffled all year, 
and it's hard because they have a lefty reliever on the mound, which makes it even more complicated because Nolan Jones is a, has been struggling of late. I had someone tell me he was in a two-for-20 stretch. Didn't he just have a three-hit game a few days ago? Um, but, you know, Will Benson is a lefty. Maybe you go melee. I had someone be like, well, you know, then what happens if something happens to Hedges? You don't have a backup catcher. Then you don't have a backup catcher. Because if Maley comes in and gets the hit and this game is still going on, well, then you figure out how to make it work. You don't punt because it might get hard if something happens to your catcher. That's, I mean, that's like the weakest argument I've heard. Well, what happens if something happened ahead? No, the game is over. They lost. So uh, anything would have been better. Now, the game itself, listen, the, the blocking the home plate stuff is hard. I, you know, it, I understand the safety of it. I think it is something they need, you know, work on. I I didn't think he was really blocking it that much. Um, but you know, I understood at least there was a a degree of logic. I, every replay on that Quan stolen base, I, he stole it to me. I don't see, he was in there. I don't see how that doesn't get overturned. He had to reach back. He's not even looking. His arm was there first. Like to me, that one was ridiculous. I don't understand what replay they were looking at there. Um, and then what happened with uh, Straw? I mean, he, the ball didn't hit the ground. Like, Straw was out. I'm not going to. Which is, you know, kind of what you come to expect right now. And again, defender of Straw. What about that great catch and throw and then Owen Miller drops the ball because he's Owen Miller at first base? And, you know, he makes those stellar plays. Like, he on defense is going to be worth two to three wins. The problem is on offense he's going to be worth like negative one and a half so it's it's tricky but he's such a good defender but you don't you can't you can't let him hit and you can't bunt to set up straw because he's not gonna hit a sack fly he's just not we all knew that so there's no no reason to bunt to advance that runner um one game lead on the Twins, currently tied with the Blue Jays for the third wild card spot. Um, it, right now, the Blue Jays have been on a bit of a scuffle uh, stretch. The Rays are currently the number one wild card. Number two is the Mariners. Three are the Blue Jays, who have the same record as the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians up one game on the Twins. Because they can't beat the Tigers. Can't beat a team that has a negative offensive war this year. Right, negative one point seven or one point eight. That's right. Their offense is negative this year. I had never seen that before. Negative one point eight this year. Uh, would it surprise you that they have a seventy-four runs created plus? Seventy-four. That is also the worst in baseball. Uh, to to give you an idea, if you're like, oh, well, how does that compare to the the Guardians themselves? Who's got close to a seventy-four runs created plus? Let's pull across and pull it up a 74 would be oscar mercado's production this year they've been as effective as a team as oscar mercado i mean mercado is a 72 but still uh, they have been less effective than richie palacios sandy leon alex call and owen miller and luke maley less productive than all of them that is how bad this team is and they're making them look like the 90s indians uh, and I say Indians because they were the Indians then. Uh, we're going to take our first break, come back, and talk about the game itself, do our natural breakdown, talk a little bit more about just how bad this Tigers offense is because I, I feel like saying historically bad just is not saying enough on today's Lockdown Guardians.
our first fantastic sponsor, our friends at the Liver Health Formula. I've told you, I've told you about it before. Your liver is your body's filter. It is your body's cleaner. It is what keeps you going. And if you want your liver to be in better working condition, I'll tell you, as you get older, that's something you worry about. Uh, then you're going to want to use the Liver Health Formula risk-free by uh, to, by Pure Health Research today. It, it's gonna. It's got all these great ingredients: artichoke, turmeric, that help your liver wake up. It's gonna help it be more effective. And right now, when you use the Liver Health Formula, you get a free bottle of Curb Fit with your order, which is a safe, all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. Makes it the perfect complement to the Liver Health Formula. Go to getliverhelp.com backslash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com backslash MLB to try the Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Go to liverhelp.com backslash MLB to take care of your liver. It might need some help. You know that. You, you know if your liver needs some help. But we can all use some preventative care. Okay, so the game today. My, my ranting is done. Uh, you look at this one. 11 hits by the Anemic Tigers offense. Uh, four walks. That's 15 opportunities right there. Cleveland had one error. Uh, could have been, you know, more defensive plays were not good, but that's 16 opportunities, 16 failed. Uh, I'm not even sure where I'm going. That's 16 opportunities for the Tigers. Let's just... That would be about five runs. They only got four. So actually Cleveland was pretty good about limiting them. And that's the the crazier thing. You go back in this game, you go back to that first inning. If that call doesn't get overturned at the plate, that's out three and they don't get a run across. And the Guardians win this game, right? Because then they only get one other run. Like they were that, even though they were outplayed, this close to actually winning it. That, That change at the plate was huge. Uh, Cleveland side of things, eight hits, two walks, one error, 11 opportunities, three and a half runs. So they were in their right area. They had just three extra base hits. Uh, Freeman didn't score on his, but Rosario got that third run across. Who reached base multiple times? Well, three hits by Quan, just unfortunate, and a walk. Reached base four times. The one time they really needed him to was the only time he recorded an out. Uh, two hits by Rosario. And then that's it. I mean, a lot of this lineup was kind of a dead zone. It, and that was also the annoyance of it, right? Like, uh, they had an opportunity. Three of the first four hitters reached base, and then they weren't able to get any hits until, like, the eighth inning. It was just, it was rough. And, you know, those first few rounds, it was like a Jose Ramirez, you know, line drive out to get a run across. And then I can't remember who it was who got the, uh, was it Straw had an RBI in this one. Was he? I mean, yeah. It was a Straw was a line drive out. So both the first two runs the Guardians scored were both on outs. Um, not not a good sign. Who are your stars in this one? Well, Quan, uh, very easy there with reaching base four times. After that, it gets a little tricky. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Rosario for having the triple and two hits. And then let's go to the bullpen because. <laughs> Yeah, the rest of this, not so much. I think you give it to Neil De Los Santos, one and two-thirds innings. Didn't give up a run. Uh, ERA under three now. 
Plesak, again, it's it's not the worst performance. It's not the best. I don't know what you do. Two, I mean, the old school stat people are just going to sit there and 2 and 11. But it's, um, you know, if I'm going to criticize Shaw yesterday for, like, bad breaks, then you also have to recognize that Plesak only gave up four runs in this one because of good breaks. Um, 12 base runners and five and a third innings. I mean, he was averaging two base runners an inning, you know, plus. And that's not good to only have four runs. He's actually pretty lucky in this. But that's that's been weirdly the Plesak story this year. He has had good luck when it comes to a lot of things. If the performance is bad, it could be much worse. Um, you know, Samlin, uh, I continue, it's great to see. I mean, his ERA is getting close to, like, going under two, 227. Uh, not talking about the sitcom that I used to watch as a kid, but talking about Sandlin's ERA here. And, again, the bullpen... And they were an issue yesterday, but they were, you know, De Los Santos, Henches, Sandlin are, are guys you can count on. It, it, we know what the problem in the bullpen is. It's Eli Morgan specifically, too, when you put him against lefty. It's Brian Shaw all the time. Uh, for the rest of them here, it, it's a pretty solid pen. Like, I, I'm not having a whole lot of arguments. It's just Plesak wasn't good, and, you know, the B word that I said I'm done ranting about. This is a very winnable game. Cleveland is holding on to a one-game lead in the American League Central. If they took care of business, you know, they could actually have some room between them. Instead of, like, I mean, I don't think anyone outside of Cleveland expects them to hold on to this. The White Sox are a game and a half back, I believe. I need to look and see if they're playing tonight. I know they're playing tonight. Um, They're playing Houston. Check and see what the score is there. Uh, Twins already beat the Royals. They're taking care of business when they face a terrible team. Uh, Tie game in the eighth inning between the Astros and the White Sox. If they win this game, they'll be a game back as well. And if you're a betting man, the betting odds are not going to be in Cleveland's favor with those two other teams there. It's just not. Cleveland's actually got a much harder schedule towards the end of the season. So... It's part of the reason some of the odds places aren't very high on them. And when you've dropped two in a row to a team as bad as the Tigers, it, I mean, <laughs> can't have high expectations. Let's see. So uh, just going back to it, I don't think there's an offensive category they're not last in baseball in. On base percentage. Oh, nope. Detroit uh, is only 29th. 282. Uh, Oakland's at a 271 because Oakland actually has a lower batting average. But uh, Detroit's got the 331 slugging, so that's that's the worst in baseball. Where I talked about things like war, which is negative. Uh, again, I've never seen that. And uh, runs created plus, which is negative. How about uh, K percentage? Maybe they can be near the top in that. Uh, Detroit actually only has the third west worst uh, strikeout percentage in baseball. Los Angeles Angels and Pittsburgh. How about walk rate? Are they how are they doing walks? Uh, second from the bottom. White Sox the only team worse. You get the point, though. This is a team that is bottom three in every offensive category. How about isolated power? Um, oh, yeah, they're, they're not only are they last, they have a 105 in isolated power. Uh, 127 is the next lowest. Again, if we go over here to the Cleveland Guardians and I click on ISO, a 105 is um, a little bit better than Austin Hedges when it comes to power. That's where they are. Like If I were to put this all in Cleveland terms, a... Uh, a 6% walk rate, they're walking as much as Owen Miller. 
uh, K percentage of 25. They're striking out as much as uh, Luke Maley does. More than Austin Hedges. Less than Fran Mill did. Fran Mill was pretty disgusted. Did you see his home run tonight? <laughs> Best thing that happened to him, apparently, was leaving Cleveland. He has been on a nice little stretch for the, uh, for the Cubs. But, yeah, it's this is a really bad team. Really, really bad team. I mean, the, they have a thing called offensive score on fan graphs, and the Dodgers have a 126.4. Detroit is at a negative 132.6. The next closest is a negative 86.5. I mean, it, it is crazy. They are bad. Historically bad. They swept Cleveland early in the year. Tomorrow's last game of the season against them. I Again, if this... Guardians team fails to make the postseason. You're going to be able to circle two Detroit series, and you know that is where that's where they lost. You face a team that is this bad, you can't get spanked, and they got spanked the last two days. I know you're like it's a four-three game. That Tigers offense <laughs> producing the way it has, uh, that's a spanking because this team again is so awful. You look at what they're doing right now. It's it, when a team is this terrible if they're playing you competently you're doing something wrong you gotta take care of business plain simply they're not taking care of business questionable calls all around we're gonna come back for segment three of the show today so uh, make sure to join us we'll be a little more upbeat on today's lockdown guardians you're hanging out with some friends putting back a few drinks a few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby, you can make it. It's okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe, plan ahead, get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. So I understand there's probably a few of you out there going, the umpiring. (laughs) By the way, uh, Austin Hedges uh, went off if you missed it. Uh, Normally I don't read something in, in full, but I think I have to read this entire quote by Austin Hedges. First of all, it costs the game. That play has been called a few times now recently that it has really never been called before. For some reason, New York feels like they need to take over the game and change the way the game is played. Guys are just out. There are plays at home that are beating the runners, and for 150 years, you're out. Now we're calling some type of role that is really tricky to find and to be able to take the game into their own hands that way. And first of all, that cost one run automatically, and then what ended up... And then what ended up... Honestly, it's a disgrace. It's embarrassing. I think New York owns Zach. Please act specifically an apology because they took the game out of his hands. The guy was throwing the ball amazingly and overturning that call right there. Like I said, it cost the game. I don't need to get into the rest of the debacle with the umpires today because it was a really, really poor executed job by them. It's too bad. It's too bad. When we play a sport where we get held accountable, when we say something, we get held accountable. We get mocked. We get shamed. There's no accountability on their part right now. And that's really, really sad. I don't know why. There needs to be a little bit of it. We talk about equality in this world right now. There ain't no equality with that. These guys are going out there with no responsibilities. They say, okay, here's a play where I can show my power. Here's a play where I can take over the game. And that's not the game that we play. That's not the game 
we played forever. They're trying to take over the game. They're trying to change the game, and it's disappointing. For a team that goes out there and fights every single night to win a game, for it to cost us a game, when we're trying to win the division, we're trying to make the playoffs, when we're trying to do something special, and for it to be taken out of our hands like that is a disgrace, and it's extremely disappointing. I'm disappointed, and that's all I have to say. I have to laugh because, like, it... I, I don't think all I have to say after a quote like that is, is quite what you're going for because that's a lot to say. Um, again, the call to play, I have mixed feelings because I do think, you know, a change in the rules there need to be done. What What's a catcher supposed to do at the same time? What, how is he supposed to even try to tag someone out in that situation? Like, it is kind of an impossible situation. The other side of it, I would strongly argue against what uh, Hedge is saying. I don't think Plezak was pitching particularly well tonight, and I think that showed up. And, yeah, you take that off the board, he probably gets a win, and this team probably gets a win. But it's it's unfortunately the rule. And it's, I can go back even further. The I mean, what a throw by Freeman to make that even close. Let's give him some credit, uh, first and foremost. Um, you know, it, I think of a meds in there. It's not even close to that uh, same throw to get the ball in time. And that's not to, to ding him as much as it is to raise up Freeman. A meds been fantastic all year. And I was a moron for <laughs> any statements I made about him earlier in the year. Uh, but no one else. I mean, it's a great play by Freeman. But if that ball doesn't hit the bag, you just what, get a double play and you're out of the inning anyways. It's just... I understand the frustration, and I thought the Quan call was terrible. And then the ninth, when the umpire it, like doesn't get that timeout recognized, is chirping with the bench. Like that was ridiculous. That was just ump show moments. And I personally, uh, sorry if you're an umpire out there and you're gonna get offended by this, but I can't wait for robot overlords to take over baseball. Um, it's just time to to let it. Uh, you know, take take it out of some of the human hands and just go into ones that it, we can get something more definitive where it isn't this situation where I think Hedges is absolutely right. I think that play at the plate, it's impossible to know. Like half the time they're never going to call it. Half the time they will call it. Sometimes that's fine. Other times it's not. And they, you know, it's what, like pass interference in football where they, they realize, oh, we kind of made a mistake. We can't, it's impossible to judge this. And... Yeah, now they've kind of opened this can of worms, and that was ugly. I still don't understand how the the stolen base was uh, was not reversed on the other side of things. And then, yeah, the whole thing in the ninth with the umpire. The the right call was made in terms of straw, but then to be chirping because straw is, is uh, annoyed was just... That was it, it was something. It, it was really something, and I agree. Like the the umpiring in this game was was pretty terrible. It's yeah, you know, it is a hard situation, and I understand being pissed off, but at the same time, the team didn't execute. I have a hard time coming back and being like all on the umpires because yeah, the umpires are poor. But the team also didn't execute today. And they didn't execute yesterday. And, yeah. I'm just... And here's the other thing, too. So everyone's like, who are you going to bring in in this situation? Let me just pause real quick to, you know, need to make one more point about why Miles Straw 
is a not the guy you want in that situation. So I just I went and pulled up the data because here's one of those things that's kind of driven me mad throughout the course of this year is the idea that we know this team has all this data that they don't seem to be using. One of them is the fact that over his career, Miles Straw has a runs created plus of 90 against righties and 62 versus lefties. That's right. He has a reverse platoon advantage. Those can exist. And there's multiple players on the Guardians. Owen Miller has a reverse platoon split right now. But Tito doesn't look at that data. It's like he doesn't think a reverse uh, platoon split can exist. Uh, so leaving Straw out there is... You know, even a bigger issue because he doesn't hit lefties, and there's no the data shows. Like, I don't understand why, but that's what's crazy, right? That is what drives me batty because we know how analytical the front office is. We know how analytical the minors are in terms of what they're coaching and working with players. With Miles or Milestraw, Stephen Kwan. By the way, I was a big idiot with any talk of trading him for anyone. Uh, you can make a case for him being the best hitter on this team right now. Uh, all the things they worked with him on to make him better uh, and all the advanced thoughts that have helped a lot of these young players, and then it gets up to the majors, and it's like, oh, okay, we're going to go back old school. It's odd. Um, you know, I really, in this segment today, I wanted to kind of take a moment and highlight like just how good Andres Jimenez is, or Andres Jimenez is. I really didn't get a chance to do as much of that as I wanted to yesterday. So instead of focusing on the negativity, let's let's let it go. I've I've done my griping. Let's discuss why the Guardians have one of the most exciting young players in baseball. And I I, I mean that. I honestly mean. I know he had a rough day today, so maybe it's not the right the day to uh, necessarily focus in on him. But uh, I I still want to do it because I think again. Let, let's try to balance this out. Let's talk about some positivity. So when you're just looking at the top young hitters in baseball, I got to hit qualifying. By the way, how did I not know that Chadwick Thromp played uh, for Atlanta this year? That is um, just amazing. <laughs> there's, there's no way around it. I mean, I'm, I, I was like, what? How did I miss Chadwick Thromp? That I'm, I'm disappointed in all of you for not letting me know that at age 27 he made his major league debut as a catcher this year. So if we're just looking at the lens of runs created plus, right? That is takes all the the offensive data, boils it down, shoots out uh, a number that is easy to understand. If we just look at that this year, he's got a 153. This is your complete list of hitters who have a higher than 153 runs created plus, right? So, Freddie Freeman, Nolan Arenado, Rafael Devers, Jordan Alvarez, Paul Goldschmidt, Aaron Judge. He is tied currently with Austin Riley and Juan Soto. Yeah. Now, how many players have a 150 or better runs created plus? and a positive defensive value on fan graphs. Well, uh, you have Jose Altuve, who's at a 150 even. You have Jimenez. You have Arenado, Devers, and Judge. That's it. That's the list. That's the entire list. He has been offensively one of the top 10 hitters in baseball. And then what's 
kind of crazy is Jose Ramirez is still at 147, even though he's been a league average bat for two months now. Um, think, just take a moment and think what this lineup could be doing if Jose was Jose instead of this facsimile of Jose who's had some ups and downs. Uh, just, it, it could be deadly. And like, can we also talk about why is Jimenez still hitting fifth? You can make a case that he should hit third. Right? I mean, I think you could make that case. He has been the better hitter this year. And there's that part where it's like, okay, so he's three, Jose four. I mean, Jose was the home run guy, right? He was in the home run derby. That makes him the home run hitter uh, by, you know, the, the school of thought. I, I think... It is a thing right now where, you know, I talked about it where, you know, I talked about the, the great trades this organization made and people are like, Clevenger trade still isn't good and the Lindor trade's still terrible. It's like, what are you watching? <laughs> okay, should we talk about, do, do you want to know where like Lindor is in terms of runs created plus? Well, I'm going to tell you this. If I'm going through the list of players inter- with runs created plus, it, Lindor isn't the first former Indian on the list. Uh, man, I'm I'm really doing some regression night. Former guardian on the list. Uh, by the way, you know, if you go back to my early year, Taylor Blake Ward's in there. Taylor Blake Ward is my friend. Taylor Ward, the outfielder, is sitting at 28th overall. First former guardian you get to, Yandy Diaz, tied with Trey Turner at 29th on the list. That's right, Yandy is higher than Lindor. Um, Francisco Lindor is. I mean, he's having a good year. He is a 4.9 war, positive, very positive defensive value, but he is at a 129 runs created plus. He is currently tied with Nate Lowe, Starling Marte, and Kyle Tucker for runs created plus. By the way, uh, 42nd, just 127, Santander in Baltimore. So that's uh, three former Guardians in the top 50. Not not great. We've only got two Guardians in the top 50 and then three former guardians in the top 50 but hey uh at least it's positive uh developmental work you know there's been and that's the thing too going back to those trades there's no way you can look at the lindor trade as anything but a victory if if you're calling that a loss i don't know what to tell you uh ahmed has been fantastic this year he was average last year. The biggest problem with the Med was honestly, by the time they got him, uh, he had already burned through three years. He was already an arbitration player. There just was not a lot left on his contract. Uh, they should probably be seeing if they can somehow extend him as this offseason, if he would be you know, willing to, to do that. But I mean, they got a star. They got an absolute star right now in him. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, Isaiah Green... Isaiah Green? Uh, is walking at an incredibly high rate. He's he's behind a lot of other center fielders, but interesting tools. Maybe it'll come together for him. Low batting average, great walk rate, maybe. Josh Wolf, probably a reliever. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the only reason that trade is still like kind of a little ant to me is Carlos Carrasco has been really good this year, and I guarantee you the Mets pick up his option. I, I guarantee it. It was a cheap contract. Um and it just that's and he didn't pitch at all in 2020 
or no, he pitched in 2020. He didn't pitch at all in 2021 or barely in 2021, and he has had some health issues this year. But man, Cookie is the part of that that's still hard. And if if you don't like the Clevenger trade, yeah, I know we talked about Josh Naylor's injury issue, but man, I, I have a hard time. If you're gonna get mad about a trade, here is the pro tip. Get mad about the Tampa, Seattle, Cleveland deal. That is the trade that people should be harping on. If you want to go get mad, get mad that they traded Yandy Diaz for Jake Bowers and money. Okay? It was a money deal there. That money went to Seattle, and then they traded Edwin Encarnacion and, uh, and a draft pick, a second-round pick, for which turned into Isaiah Campbell, was that the pitcher from Arkansas? It was you know valuable draft pick. Traded a draft pick to get Carlos Santana, who was owed more money, but it was spread out, and they got money from Seattle. Seattle. It was more that Seattle bought that draft pick, honestly, and then also that money from Tampa. I mean, that trade is just a bust because <clears throat> wow, excuse me, Santana was great in year one. Year two, not, not so much. Um, and then didn't Seattle reacquire him? Was that where he went when Kansas City traded him this year? Uh, when Ty France got hurt? But yeah, it was a it was a pretty terrible deal when you get into all the specifics on it because Yandy Diaz would be very useful right now. I mean, there's no other way around it. He's one of the best developmental success stories this organization has, and he never got to play here because... Um, Tito said he couldn't play defense. Even though I can, I can tell you, having watched him in the minors, he was actually at least passable, if not average, uh, to a little bit above. So, yeah, if you're going to complain about a trade, if you are someone who's angry or annoyed at this organization, you look not bright when you complain about the Lindor deal because Andres is a, is a star, top ten hitter in baseball this year. And Ahmed has been fantastic. And it's silly about Clevenger because Quantrell looks like he's going to be a, a starter for a long time. And Naylor has been a heart and soul member of this team. And there's still four more other guys uh, to have a chance to contribute. Go, go, go shred them for a monetary trade that sent out the most interesting young hitting prospect they had at the time. Because for whatever reason, he couldn't get any playing time in Cleveland. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked On Guardians podcast for today. Remember, rate and review, download daily. It helps subscribe on the YouTubes. We're over 500. That's big. Let's keep it going. Let's get to 1,000. I have followed back everyone who has followed. And I'm going to keep that pledge. If you follow me before I get to 1,000, I will follow you back. But we've got to get to 1,000. Thank you again for listening, rating and reviewing, and subscribing on YouTube as I end every show. Sorry for a negative show. I'm frustrated right now with this team and uh i'm starting to work again so that also means i have less sleep it's a bad combination but go go guardians go